Welcome to the Purposed Marriage Podcast. If you are in a marriage that is damaged, broken, and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you will find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse, no matter the heart condition, to a closer walk and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. God can and does heal marriages, no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Psalm 31, 24. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson. With me, as always, is my wife, Amy Larson. Amy, say hello. Hello. We have been experiencing a lot of rain here in East Tennessee (laughs) over the course of the past uh, few weeks. Uh, it was nice to get a little break from it today. Yeah, I think. but I mean, even schools were closed for flooding, like multiple days. Flooding, in a row. and then it snowed yesterday. <laughs> weren't quite sure what it was going to do uh, overnight. There was actually a fear of things icing over. Black but, ice. Right. Yeah, fortunately, we were able to make it to school and even got a chance to uh, play frisbee in our little cul-de-sac over here. Yeah, it turned out to be a very pretty day. Yeah. Thankfully. Uh, Well, before we actually get into our show, uh, we'd like to introduce something, and that is uh, on-air prayer, and uh, got the idea to perhaps uh, pray specifically for some of our standers out there. And uh, we, of course, want to have permission from you all uh, before we do that. And so what we're asking is for our listeners to, if you would like us to pray specifically for you, uh, and your family, and your situation, to go ahead and send us an email. Uh, send it to purposemarriage at gmail.com with the subject heading On Air Prayer. And uh, we will take a look at those and try to get and work them into our uh, prayer Yeah, at the very end of the show. So yeah. uh, take advantage of that if you're interested. Yeah, and also um, we get many prayer requests and messages Um, But as Tommy said, we want to have your permission to actually share those. So even if you have already sent in those prayer requests to us, go ahead and do that again. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure, like he said, that you head it, the on-air prayer. Right. So we know that we have your permission to share. Purposemarriage at gmail.com. Well, the inspiration for today's topic comes from a couple places, uh, namely questions and concerns that our listeners I have shared, as well as information we are seeing and hearing, mostly on on, online and on radio, on the topic of marriage and divorce. So having said that, let's go ahead and uh, get into our show. We'll start with a question. When it comes to understanding courage, what it is, how it is displayed, how we identify it, what does Scripture have to say? Well, I think that, you know, Scripture says someone who has courage, I think that actually goes along with faith, has strong faith. Um, Someone who is strong, who isn't afraid to face fears. Um, There are so many biblical examples. The, you know, speaking about all the flooding we've had, Noah comes to mind. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Just the constant ridicule that he must have faced you know, building that ark for hundreds of years, 
you know, people laughing and joking. And I mean, let's not um, neglect to mention how horrible the times must have been, all of the, the sinful nature of people. I mean, it was so bad that God was sending a flood to destroy everyone mm-hmm. except Noah. And he saved Noah because Noah was a righteous man. Well, he endured hundreds of years of of mockery and ridicule. Right. Uh, compare that with maybe your situation where we're not going to last that long uh, in terms of <laughs> right. how many years we're here not on this earth. But you know, it's really all about perspective. Yeah. All right. But uh, in that situation and with others, I, I would I would say that courage uh, is is taking a stand in the face of strong opposition. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, just to name a few others, I, I can think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, who uh, were standing in the uh, in the face of death. This was a certainty for right. them. Right. And, you know, we we are in these situations where we are losing our family, our husbands, our wives, or our children. At this stage, anyway, are having to deal with losing our own lives. Right. 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 But I think. You know, in in speaking to the points of facing fear, I think sometimes, and we often hear from our from our listeners um, through email and through messages, that you know they're they're afraid. They're afraid to not go along with what their spouse is telling them to do, even though they know that it's not the right thing. And to that, I would say, look to these examples in in scripture. Look to what God has set as the standard. Look to your biblical foundation and to God's word for direction. So you know the battle, you know how to prepare for it, and you know how to stand up in the face of those fears and not just go along, you know, for the sake of making your spouse happy um, in hopes to get something in, a better situation. Yeah, and, you know? and, and I regret that. And uh, I actually didn't have this in our notes for uh, this broadcast today. But along those lines, I can recount uh, when we had our mediation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a decision based out of fear. And... Um, and I did a very good job of placing that fear. Right, right. That, that's true. But it, at the end of the day, I, I, I was ruled and controlled by that fear at right. that moment. Now, God worked through that. Uh, and, uh, you know, you are, you are going to make mistakes <laughs> during oh, yeah. your stand. Um, but n- no mistake is too great for uh, God for not God to, to be able to repair. Exactly. And... and and restore. Right. You know, in this in this instance, um, I up until this point, I had been adamant that I am not signing anything. I do not agree with this. I'm not going along with this. In fact, to the mediation, I brought my Bible <laughs> to it, if you recall, and I yeah. and I put it right there on the table. And um, I didn't have an attorney at the time. I had one on. Um, advice of others. And you uh, let your attorney go. And I eventually let my attorney go because, you know, the Lord was sort of pricking my heart and saying, look, uh, most people, they, they, they get an attorney to protect what is theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And, 
to help them fight for what they deserve. To help them fight, right. And, you know, the longer I stayed in this battle to save the marriage, the more I understood that, you know, Amy, my spouse, is not my enemy. And everything that I stand to lose actually belongs to God anyway. Right. That includes my children. All of this was in God's hands. But, you know, and he's... I got to be very careful here about how I characterize lawyers because um, there are lawyers who do good work that are legitimate in the jobs that they do. They serve a role, but um, divorce lawyers, I don't know. I have I have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I, I develop my opinion based on a lot of the behavior and the that experiences that you that had. I was going through. Yeah, right. and, and I mean, in you know, in in our experience, um, I said things to my lawyer who then literally instilled fear in you, and I think that's what caused you in the end you ended up signing, which is what you did not want to do. Right, which was, uh, which was, um, it, it was along the lines of, if you don't go along with this, then it's going to be up to the judge who may rule unfavorably against you. And so you would lose visitation. And, and we would drag would... all of your indiscretions into the court of law. Um, this would be public information. Our children could read this one day. I mean, it, it was very, very ugly. And, yeah. um, you know, I think you ended up giving into your fears. But like you said, God still had a role um, for you and for us. Um, and now, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny because you can't say, well, if I if we went back and did this, but I mean, I see how God's hand has been at work all through this. I mean, it was meant for us. Um, I mean, I don't think it was. In, it's not in God's will that we were divorced, but I mean, we were divorced, and God used that, and now He's working um, in us through this ministry that I never ever would have dreamed that we would, you know, ha have this voice to speak into the lives of others, to help others through the same and similar situations. Well, I think the Lord put us in a better situation from the standpoint of being able to relate to so many other folks who are out there who are experiencing uh, what it's like before a divorce, going right. through a divorce, after the divorce. Right. And so the Lord used that experience to help mature right. me for sure. And I, I did confess that uh, before the Lord afterwards. I was, uh, I was disappointed in myself, and I asked the Lord to forgive me. It was a decision I made out of fear. Mm -hmm. um, but God works all things together right. for His and good. And now we can tell people how to not live their lives and <laughs> let us be that example. <laughs> don't live like us. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do what we did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, but getting back to some of the other examples, I mean, in Scripture, I think also of David, you know, his fear of Goliath and mm -hmm. how courageous he must have been. Um, and also to point out the fact that he was he wasn't a man going up against this great warrior this great you know Goliath the, the great warrior that I mean he was he, known he was the champion of the Philistines right so basically this was the undisputed 
heavyweight champion of the world. Right. Uh, it was not a contest, humanly speaking. No. Um, he was mocked. Right. He was, God was cursed. This was a horrible situation right. there. And he stood strong in right. that situation and with you know, courage. I was thinking back to the full story, you know, going back a little bit. And they even tried to, you know, suit David up in armor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, wait, like, this is too heavy. This doesn't fit. Like, this is not, I can't even wear this. And so he went you know, into battle knowing that he would come out victorious because he had God on his side. Mm -hmm. Um, And so instead of preparing with all of the, you know, all of the heavy armor, I mean, he went to battle with his his stones. And I think a lot of the courage that will be displayed in our lives will be derived from the fact that we do have God on our side. He is there in our corner, standing Mm -hmm. alongside with us. And I think also, I mean, in this instance, you know, the example of David, standers are typically the underdog. It's not a popular Mm -hmm. thing for you to stand for your marriage when, you know, your prodigal is, is living life and they've moved on, so you should move on too. You know, it's not a popular it's not popular. I, I love that term, by the way, moving on. Yeah. Just just love it. <laughs> yeah. It's sarcastic, I say. Sarcastically, I say that. Yes. Uh, many other examples. Uh, there's Moses. He had the fear of Pharaoh, what uh, Pharaoh could have done to him and his people. We look at Gideon. Uh, there was fear of the, the Amalekites. Uh, and, of course, the ultimate example of Christ who stood and fulfilled his mission in the face of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the follow-up question here is what do all these examples that we've mentioned have in common? And I say the answer is that they were all standing up for God. Yes. Right? They this, were... this wasn't about themselves. Right. This was about God. And that was something that helped fuel me in my passion uh, for staying committed to the marriage. This this wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. This was about a righteous and holy God that I made a vow to, and I'm going to stay in His will and stay true to my promise. And uh, more so than your commitment to the marriage needs to be your commitment to the Lord. Absolutely. And why you are standing, you are standing for Him and His glory. Right. That has to be at the top of your list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, question two. The lost world is engaged in an effort to redefine many societal norms that have existed for thousands of years. We see this in our culture. Uh, There was a time when courage was associated with the idea of standing up for what is right. But as what is right is changing, so too is what it means to be courageous. This flawed way of thinking has infiltrated the church and has become quite widespread. We listened to a radio program recently where a caller reached out to the show and asked a question about divorce. Now keep in mind, uh, this was a popular nationally syndicated, quote, Christian counseling talk show associated with a well-known clinic that has been operating under the umbrella of Christian counseling for decades. Uh, Amy, can you recall some of what you heard and provide to our audience your thoughts on what we perceive to be defined, what we perceive uh, to define as red flags in terms of what was being promoted. 
Uh, well, in the very beginning, you know, some of the questions that they ask, I thought, were pretty good. And I think this is what we see a lot in counseling. Um, they ask some of the right questions in the beginning, and some of those were, what have you done, you know, to, to help your marriage? What have you done to, you know, get to a, you know, a different... Pl- or a- and, and the caller did say uh, and, and recount some of the things that she has done. Right. Okay. Right. And she did that. pointed out some of, yeah, some of the things that she had done. Um, she briefly gave an overview uh, of what was happening in the relationship. So I say that because a lot of times the, you know, some of the Christian counsel that, that we hear and that we, that we see and that we're participating in at some, sometimes it starts out really, really good. And you're like, oh, that's a really good question. And, oh, yeah, I agree with that. And that's what I would have asked. Or, yeah, they're pointing back to, you know, to God here. But then as the show progressed, um, the one thing that I noticed is they never, ever asked her any questions about her husband's relationship with the Lord, her relationship with the Lord, um, they didn't ask anything about her church involvement, her husband's church involvement. Yeah, and, and that's something, one of the first things that we ask people who send in questions to us is typically, well, what role is the local church playing in your situation? Right. Okay. Uh, Have you reached out to your pastors? Because those are going to be the uh, best resources for you because they're closest in vicinity. Right. And if it is a Bible-believing congregation, you're going to be getting good counsel. Yes. Right. And yeah, because you need someone local to be speaking truth into your life. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that that wasn't something that was even addressed. No. Uh, I don't know about the condition of the husband, his his heart. Now the um, the caller, she she didn't relay her salvation experience no, but but nor was she asked I, I think that either. was maybe implied based on the fact she said well I've been praying I've even been fasting so you can maybe presume that she was a professing believer right that's what I took it to mean but as far as specific questions about her relationship with the Lord right uh, that that wasn't something that was emphasized there no and also I think in in some of the questioning, you know, they didn't dig deeper um, to ask, okay, well, how was this, you know, you say that you sought help for this, but who did you seek help from? Yeah, yeah. And what kind of advice were you given? There, yeah. were, there was nothing. Well, and and um, to be fair, this is a call and talk show, and so they don't have hours to <laughs> right. devote to asking a lot of these questions. Uh, so you can uh, give them a little bit of slack, I'd say, for not asking some of the questions we would. I, I take issue, though, with the questions that they did ask, all right, and oh, some of the things that they were promoting, which we're about to get into. Right, right. Uh, after being separated from her husband for two years, one counselor declared that what she had wasn't a marriage, and she was holding on to something that didn't exist. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, wow. Red flag. What a what a thing to say. <laughs> right. You know, you're not in a marriage. So that vow you made before the Lord, that's that's just all of a sudden not valid because right. the husband isn't physically there. 
And I thought, what about situations where perhaps maybe the husband is deployed overseas? He's in the military. Right. And he's not able to come home for several months at a time, maybe once or twice a year. Or in another type of business situation where they're doing conducting business, business overseas. overseas. Or right. what about the person that's sick and potentially in a coma? Or, you know, not even necessarily in a coma, but... Um, very sick and in the hospital for long periods of time. I mean, I guess because that's not perceived as what it looks like to be married. So does that, you know, does that same logic apply in those situations to where, oh, well, that's not really a marriage, so you can do whatever you want. Well, yeah, I, I didn't agree with that at all, especially the part about holding on to something that didn't exist. And I thought, what was I holding on to? Was what I experienced, <laughs> right? was that not real? Yeah. I, I was holding on to something that wasn't real. You the Lord was convicting on. me right. to hold on to something that wasn't real. That's basically the essence of what he's saying. It is. And I mean, reality is you were holding on to God's promises and the vow that you made before the Lord. Um, and I think also, you know, whenever he said that, I was also thinking, and I was just reminded of sometimes how some of us have expectations in our marriage that we allow Satan to get into our minds and we start listening to the lies. And I know that that's what I did. Um, I thought I deserved better. This is not what marriage looked like to me. I deserved more out of a marriage. And so what I plan to do is to move away from my marriage and I would be happier single than I would be in my marriage to my covenant spouse. Well, that reminded me of one thing you said very early on, and that was that we were not married. (laughs) This was not a marriage. This is not a marriage. I think my response at the time was, what, what are you talking about? I, I was I was at the ceremony. I participated. I, I have a ring. We have three children, right. so we're not okay, married. Okay, so, uh, but those are the sort of things that uh, somebody who isn't honest right. is going to try to redefine. Mm-hmm. Okay? Redefine what marriage is. Yeah. Um, or, you know, again, even, uh, you know, to, to make or to lead you to believe that what you are expecting out of marriage is not what's actually there. So therefore, you're given permission to move on to find someone who can commit to the type of marriage that it is that you're seeking. As the broadcast continued, I sensed that the hosts were steering her in the direction of viewing divorce as a valid option. Oh, I agree okay? with that. And. Uh, on that note, they were asking her what she was afraid of, and she gave some legitimate reasons. Uh, one being, um, she had been married for twenty years. Been married for twenty years. She doesn't know anything else. How how could she adjust to that? Right there was the financial concern. Um, uh, he was the the breadwinner, I guess. And he was the father of her son. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I guess they were, they. They were talking out of both sides of their mouths, really, because they were affirming her fears as legitimate while at the same time sort of dismissing them 
and minimizing them to the extent that these aren't really things that should prevent you from, from moving, moving forward, forward right. right with the divorce right um, um, also you know I remember that one of the hosts uh, said that staying in if she was to stay in the marriage she was actually participating in the husband's denial of what he had done and that it was keeping her stuck and unable to move forward. So, I mean, almost taking the husband's transgressions and placing them on her and saying, well, you're enabling him to do this. Um, and it's all because, you know, you're, you're choosing to stay stuck. You can undo this by getting divorced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, we, we don't want to honor his dishonorable behavior. And according to these hosts, staying in the marriage and standing uh, was not an honorable thing. Um, it was actually, they actually said the it was courageous yeah. for her to move forward. Yeah. Uh, she has an adult son uh, that needed to see courage in action demonstrated. And the best way was for her to go ahead and move forward with the divorce so as to discipline the husband because that is the lesson that needed to be learned there. The son needed to see courage in action. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was very um, disheartening to listen to the advice that she was receiving. And I don't know about you, but, I mean, as I was listening, it was almost like a... I haven't heard this before. Yeah, maybe you're right. It was like they were talking her into the mm -hmm. divorce that she hadn't even contemplated. But now, because they're telling her it's courageous to do this, you should show your son what courage looks like. I think they even went on to say that she should move on and that maybe in her next marriage, that that she could display a biblical God honoring marriage. Yeah, forget about to this. To show one. her you son. Get it, get it right the next time. Right. Yeah. Uh, the most outrageous thing I think that was said was um, in the name of holiness, you need to do the next right thing, which in this case was divorce. Was divorce. And you think, in the name of holiness, <laughs> you're going to pursue something that God has clearly said he hates. That's what they were saying was, was holy. holy, right? And that is so completely backwards. It's the complete not opposite. Big and you know holy. what? What was also very telling about the advice that they were giving is that they were not backing up anything they were saying with scripture no. at all. Uh, it was all opinion based. Mm -hmm. um, they even used some examples from, I think you know, their circumstances or other people's circumstances, but none of the, the um, thoughts and the words that were produced, none of them were backed in scripture. And in fact, I don't recall any scripture at all being provided during that broadcast. I'm thinking really hard now about that. And I don't think there was. I don't either. I mean, I they may don't. have mentioned like, one verse and passing in the very beginning. And again, this is what we see so often. And a lot of times the, the, ca the, the cases that um, come to me, they have been, uh, they've gone to other counselors in the past or other therapists. And it's like their therapy or their counseling started out great. 
and there weren't really any red flags, but that's a lot of times what happens is they give you just a little bit so that you feel like you can trust them and that what they're saying is accurate. They're using scripture. They're, you know, everything seems to be on point. And then the further along that it goes, the more wicked the advice becomes and the more further away from scripture. Well, ultimately the advice lines up quite nicely with the same advice you would hear from secular counselors. Absolutely. And it always ends in the same place. Divorce. Right. 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 Exactly what the devil wants. Right. Break up those families. How does what they are saying about courage, what they mentioned there, that she was courageous if mm -hmm. she moved forward, uh, how does that differ from what we read in Scripture? Well, I mean, what we read in Scripture is that courage is backed by a solid foundation, and that foundation is a biblical foundation. Um, all of the mentions of Scripture that we referenced earlier, every single person that we referenced, all of them faced their fears. They stood up. They were courageous, but they did it in the, in the name of the Lord. They did it for the sake of God and because they had God on their side. Yeah, and I think of uh, true biblical courage. Uh, a lot of things come to mind, but uh, in the context of standing for marriage, if you are standing, you will no doubt face ridicule, skeptic skepticism, uh, perhaps even lose close friends by standing for your marriage. Real courage involves a risk, sacrifice, uh, and an actual price. Mm -hmm. And the Bible tells us what the cost of standing for the Lord means. Uh, James 4, 4 through 6, I'll read that. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, He yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Courage comes from a position of pride and self. This conflicts with what God's will is concerning humility and grace. So uh, the world is going to define courage one way. Mm -hmm. Courage, biblical courage, is going to be defined another way, and that is with humility and grace. Right, right? And, and a lot of times it's met with you know, opposition. It's the unpopular thing to do by the world's standards. Yeah, and I mean, really, when you look at a world that uh, has normalized divorce, uh, really, and people cheering you on, they even have what's called now divorce parties, divorce. Mm -hmm. right? Celebrating divorce. So it, it's not really something that a lot of people uh, will go through and face a lot of um, ridicule over. In fact, they'll even be celebrated or praised for getting on with their life and getting rid of that uh, that worthless spouse who is doing them no good. Right. Right. Well, when we hear the word courage used by the world in the context of divorce, what does it always fall back on? Courage to the world means <laughs> doing what what you want for self to right. be right. prideful to right. you know do what you want to do. I mean, and regardless of what God says, regardless of what scriptures point you and direct you to, just do what feels good. Do what makes you feel right. 
Courage to the world means doing for self or what seems right for me at the moment. It's basically self-promotion in the face of real or perceived opposition. So mm -hmm. basically the world's idea of courage is going to elevate the individual. Right. Right. And we know that biblical courage, in all those cases we mentioned before, who is being elevated yeah, in those situations? God was it's being God. Elevated. In fact, mm -hmm. He was working to minimize the role of those individuals so right. He could be glorified. Exactly. Right? Right. Uh, next question Does doing for self line up with what Scripture teaches? <laughs> That's an easy no. Um, and. Uh, we have a verse there for that. Yeah, that we, well, that we have, you know, several verses like Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, Mark eight thirty five. for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. And, you know, I, I was thinking back because we've been talking through this. Um, so often the Lord tells us to wait in so many of these mm. stories that we have been talking about. Um, you know, God, God tells people to take courage and to place their faith in Him that He will be victorious but there's often that component of waiting. Mm -hmm. And I think during that waiting season, that is when God is, you know, doing the work in us and through us to change us more into the image of Christ. He is doing a lot of refining during that time. Yeah. And uh, we, we've talked about this before. And uh, as I've spoken, with standers, had communications with them, and, and I've seen growth where they've been correspondence uh, over the course of several months. I've seen them mature in their faith. And, you know, for the person who advocates for someone moving on uh, with their lives or in, in getting remarried, uh, my, my point to them would be to, if, this, if our lives here on this earth are all about growing the kingdom, and making a difference for the sake of the Lord and growing in our faith, I've got to tell you that the stander who is continuing to uh, stand firm in their uh, commitment to the marriage and their commitment to God, they are completely transformed right. you know, from what they used to be. It is in uh, the period when we are waiting that that relationship with the Lord is strengthened Right. Yeah. I mean, I exponentially it is. Oh, I agree with that a hundred percent. And the fruit that we often see, especially in our ministry and in the counseling ministry, we see so much wonderful fruit produced. Um, and where you know the standers, maybe in the beginning of their stand, they were struggling. They were having a hard time. They were maybe doubting, and their faith, you know, they were wavering. But the more they matured, and the, the stronger that their relationship was with the Lord, we see so many others that are connecting with that person now. You know, years down the road, and they're encouraging others to stand for their marriage, and they're 
you know, their ministry and their fruit that they are seeing is so wonderful and so great. And I believe that that, you know, that God really does. He, he blesses those people that stand in the fire um, and he places them in the fire to refine them. And so I think that that's such a, a good point that needs to be made is that in that waiting period, that is where God will do the real work. And that's really uh, where you need to understand that, you know, you ask yourself the questions, why am I going through this? Why Mm -hmm. is all this happening? Well, God wants all of you. You know, He wants to remake you. He wants you fully devoted. Right. He is molding and remaking this vessel into His image. Mm -hmm. Look at where you were compared to where you are now. This Mm -hmm. is the work that only He could do. Right. And I have to say, in our case, that is what I saw in you. The fruit that you, or that, that God was producing in you, that is what led me to you. That is what drew me back to you, is because it was like God was showing me all that he was doing in you. And it was almost as if, you know, not that you, you never ignored me, but it was, it was almost as if, you know, your pursuit of me was definitely secondary Mm -hmm. to your pursuit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I could see that. And it was almost, it was, it was almost visual. It was like, you know, at some point the the tides turned and I could see that in you. And that is actually what led me back to you is seeing that close walk and that close pursuit that you had of the Lord. Um, and it's, I have to say, it, it's very attractive. Um, and it wasn't all, that wasn't always the case. Well, when but you're, the, when you're running from the Lord, you, you find things that are good unattractive and unappealing. Right. But I also have to say, and we often say, you know, I took a ride on the fun bus. The fun bus comes to an end. I mean, you eventually have to get off the fun bus and you realize... It runs out of gas and you have to get off the bus. And then you realize, oh, wow, the person that's, you know, been pursuing me all along, that person's still here and that person still loves me. And... Now he's even more attractive. And what was I doing on the fun bus to begin with? You know, I mean, all of those thoughts came to my mind. And so it's, you know, it, it was through you that the Lord led, led me back to a closer walk with him. Well, I was just grateful that I was able to play a role in your coming back oh, into a right relationship absolutely. with the Lord. And that's something that I feel that standards when you pray you should include that in your prayer. Lord, use me mm-hmm. uh, in some way uh, as an instrument to bring about to your bring, will. Right, to bring yeah. about your will, is, to bring, and even, you know, to bring the prodigal, you know, back to the Lord. And well, that, that should that, be the that's main Well, that's the focus. first goal is for there to be heart transformation in Absolutely. the heart of the prodigal where their relationship with the Lord has been made right. Mm-hmm. That has to be the priority. Right, I agree with that. Well, when it comes to genuine biblical courage, what are some verses or passages that will serve to remind us of what is true and right when it comes to taking the principled stand to save our marriage that we can offer up to our listeners? Um, Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. 
Uh, Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Psalm 31.24, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Fighting for one's marriage is indeed an act of courage, but it's not an undertaking we as believers need to suffer through alone. If you are tired, weary, and feel as though the battle is lost, do not give up hope. God has you right where He wants you for a reason. His Word tells us in Romans 5, 3-4, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. All these things will be gained if you continue to stand courageously in the midst of your fiery trial. Lord, today we want to thank you for this time that we've been able to uh, talk to our listeners and to each other, Lord, as we, um, as we speak about marriage and, and the topic of courage. Uh, Lord, we want to lift up all the standards who are out there, uh, those who are remaining faithful to their covenant vows before you and pray that you would strengthen and equip them. Lord, be with any children who are involved in the situations. Lord, we pray that you would watch over and protect them. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for all those who are running from you now. Lord, uh, that you would just prick their hearts and draw them back to you. Lord, I also pray against uh, those Christians who are misled who are offering advice and counsel that is contrary to your word. Lord, I pray that you would uh, draw them back uh, to scriptures so as to provide for them a proper understanding of what is right and true. Uh, Lord, we pray for continued strength and endurance now uh, as we face these battles. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the cross and salvation for your Son. Go with us now in all our ways may we acknowledge and glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.com. You have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. Our address is purposedmarriage at gmail.com. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.